sometimes I sing this song. We uh, we we think about the, the Holy Ghost. Of course, the song is "I Feel the Joy of the Holy Ghost." And uh, a lot of times we get misconstrued misconstrued with our human emotions. We do feel emotions when when we feel the Holy Ghost. But it's more about faith than it is about feeling. And joy is more than a feeling. Joy comes with knowledge. Because with knowing that God has been good to you. Knowing that he's filled you with the Spirit. Knowing that your sins have been washed away by the blood of the Lamb. That's where the joy comes from, folks. It doesn't come from feeling the goosebumps and feeling, and that's great. But joy comes when you start to realize and begin understand what God has done for you. And the realization that brings joy. I feel the joy of the Holy Ghost in this place this morning. Lord. 
Amen. He's worthy of all of our praise. Amen. I tell you, he's worthy. We're going to get ready to go before him this morning in prayer, as we always do. Amen. I believe in the power of prayer. Amen. Jesus said, we have not because we ask not. And I believe when you pray and you ask God for whatever it is that you need, amen, I believe that God will supply your every need. Amen. He will keep you. He will bless you, whatever you need. So as we go before him this morning, let's always remember to, to lift up our pastors, brother and sister Rose, and I always lift them up before the Lord. And I, I always say, and I'm, I keep harping on this, and I'm going to keep saying it. Every time you think about them, they come, whenever they come on your mind, I believe that's God is, is moving upon you to pray for our pastors. So every time you think about them, pray for them. Pray for their health. Pray for their strength. Pray that God would keep them and Keep them with fresh anointing and fresh vision so that they can pour into our lives. Also, let's remember our missionaries, our brother and sister Tear. Let's pray for them. And also, let's pray for all of our North American uh, and global missionaries. Let's pray for those that are sick. Let's pray for uh, Sister Janet Mitchell. God continue to touch her. Also, Sister April LeBlanc. Let's pray for them as well. And uh, let's, let's pray for a mighty move of God today in the service, that God will move in a mighty way. And, uh, you know, and... Uh, how many of you need something from the Lord today? Let me see your hand. Amen. God sees your need, and I believe as you raise your hand in faith that God is already moving on your behalf. Let's go before him together for these requests. Lord God, we are so thankful. We're so grateful that we can come into your presence, God, and that we can worship you and we can sing songs to you and we can lift up your name. And God, we're so grateful that you saved us, that you filled us with your spirit, God, and that you drew us. And God, I thank you for your mercy and your love and your kindness that you have bestowed upon us today. And God, as I pray today, I pray for my pastors, brother and sister Rosen. God, I want you to keep them in the palm of your hand. God, I want you to bless them and I put angels around them to keep them in all of their ways. Keep them with good health and good strength. God, continue to pour into their lives fresh anointing and fresh vision so that they can pour into our lives. God, I pray for our missionaries. Oh, God, brother and sister Tear and the work that they are doing and all of our North American missionaries, all of our global missionaries. Oh, God, bless them and bless the work of their effort. God, I pray for those that are sick and those that are shut in. God, touch Sister Janet Mitchell and touch Sister April LeBlunt. God, I know that you're able to do a miracle because you are a healer of every sickness and every disease. Oh, God, nothing is too hard for you. My God, I pray today, Lord. God, I pray for this service. I pray, God, that you will just pour your spirit, God, today in this service, God. God, you see every hand that went up in this service for every need, God. Bless every person. Meet every need. Heal every sickness. God, provide every need. Oh, we thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, give him a hand clap. Oh, God. Amen. And pray for Kennedy Monteith, the sick. Lord, touch Kennedy right now. In the name of Jesus, we apply the blood of Jesus for healing to take place in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Can we magnify the Lord one more time this morning as you're seated? Praise the Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. It feels good to worship the Lord on a Sunday morning. Let me try it again. You know, it sure feels good to magnify the Lord on a Sunday 
Come on, if he's been good, if he's been really good to you, can we just give the Lord about 15 seconds of our best praise? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. You know, this morning I was out a little bit early. I'm going to just tell you, I was walking the dog. And those of you that have dogs, they want to go at the worst times. But as I was walking the neighborhood, thinking how horrible I looked and it was raining, I said, man, Lord, I need you to tell me something. And I turned the corner and there was a full rainbow. And I just felt like the Lord was kind of smiling. And he said, you know what? It may not always look good, but I still got a promise for you. Does anybody believe that for their own lives this morning? Praise God. Praise the Lord. I do want to welcome all of our guests here. Can we give all of our guests? We're so glad that you're here. On behalf of our pastors, Rick and Alexa Olson, thank you so much for being here. We are honored that you are here in the house of the Lord, and we would love to get an opportunity uh, to spend time meeting and greeting you immediately after service in our uh, guest reception here uh, in the uh, foyer after service. So please uh, don't be in a rush to go. Aladabo si el señor, mis amigos, to my Spanish brothers and sisters. <laughs> Praise God. We do have a few announcements I want to make mention of on, on Tuesday. We'll be having our eye care uh, meeting, which is an opportunity for all of us to gather and uh, spend time with our new friends uh, here at Church of Pentecost. And I'll be at 7 o'clock on Tuesday in the brick building here at our Fred Olson uh, Center at 7 o'clock on Tuesday. Uh, I would encourage you all to join us um, on Tuesday. I want to also make mentions to Ladies Conference. How many of our ladies have already been signed up and ready to go? That is April the 27th through the 29th. It's a Thursday through Saturday. They get more time than us guys because they got to search the Lord a little bit longer. I'm trouble there, isn't it? No, but it's always a great time. The ladies always come back encouraged. Um, so I encourage all you gentlemen uh, to make sure your wives are getting signed up and uh, ready to go. And that is April the 27th to the 29th um, at the uh, Ocala uh, campgrounds. You can find out more information about that on uh, the Church of Pentecost uh, app. Speaking of the app, how many of you already have signed up and have visibility to what's going on here at Church of Pentecost? Quick show of hands. All right, the six of you, great. You know, I was challenged uh, as the Jaguar season is about to start up. I got curious about their schedule, so I downloaded their app because I wanted to know what was happening. And I think a lot of us do those same things when we're excited about something, we download the app. So that's just my undercurrent way of reminding you that if you want to know what's going on around here, the church app will help us uh, or help you uh, to know what's happening here at the Church of Pentecost. That's all the announcements that I have this morning. I do want to make mention as our ushers are coming, and I want to thank all of you that have already given to our Save Our Children offering. We're closely reaching our uh, deadline for that campaign. As of Friday, our offering total is uh, $3,645.85. Thank you so much for those of you that have already given. It's appropriate. Thank you so much for giving for that. If you have not given, there's still a little bit of time. You can put that either in a white envelope or if you want to be mean to me and do a bag of quarters, that's fine too. 
we'll take that and all those offerings go towards supporting our young people uh, across the state of Florida and nationwide. Let's go for the Lord in prayer, shall we pray for this morning's offering. Lord, we come to you this morning because of your goodness. We're here, Lord God, because you've been so good to us. Lord God, your mercies have continued to overflow to us, Lord, and we know that we are undeserving. Lord God, this morning we come to you, Lord God, not only with our tithes and our offerings, but to come to you, Lord God, with our best praise this morning because you've been absolutely wonderful in our lives. And this is that opportunity to give back to you, Lord God, and we honor you, Lord God, let our giving be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In your precious and holy name we pray, in Jesus' name. Can we put our hands together one more time? Can we just honor him for just a few more moments because of his goodness? God bless. Jesus. Jesus. 
sometimes because when I look at my problem, my problem looks so big, but God is not smaller just because my perception of my problem, it, it, the, the God doesn't change size. He is, and he's in tomorrow. He's in yesterday. It's my view that changes when I lift my eyes off of the problem and look at him. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He spoke worlds into existence. He made the stars also. It's a few words in scripture, but all of that creative majesty just rolls out of his mouth. And he's not any different now than he was then. And I'm so glad to know him. We live in a crazy time. This world has gone crazy. They are promoting things as normal that even 10, 15 years ago, people would have just never imagined. They're normalizing sin. 
to where it, you know, I guess that's the devil's tactic is to make you feel comfortable so that you don't see your need to change. But God is able to transform lives and to give you true peace. And even though we live in the days of Elijah that he prophesied about, God is able and his desire is to change and transform your life and the lives of everyone that will come to him. Shining like the sun, and the trumpet call, lift 
Good to see everybody here in the house of God. 
Glad you're here today. I pray that the Lord does something special for you today. Man, I want you to know when I study and uh, are trying to come uh, together with a sermon, I always want it to be something that is of value to the people that are sitting in the, in the auditorium. Because it's no, all the effort and all that I put into it is not, not going to be any good if it doesn't help people, if it doesn't touch their lives. Amen. And I, so I pray that what is God has laid on my heart today that will be something of value to you. I believe it will if you'll open your ears and ask God to, to do it. Amen. We're going to start reading in Genesis, the sixth chapter. Amen. And uh, we're going to read it in the fifth verse, Genesis uh, 6 and 5. It says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every intent of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man from whom I created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things, birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. For a few minutes this morning, I want to speak on this, a heart for God. Amen, a heart for God. You may be seated you know, in reading this story, and, and uh, uh, Sister April has already made mention of the fact of the condition of our world, and uh, reading this story, and I thought, I wonder how God's heart is doing lately. Because it says it, here it grieved him. Uh, we never think about God being grieved, but God gets grieved, and because uh, uh, and, and I not only believe that God gets grieved, but I believe that those that have a heart for God get grieved. I hope that you've been grieved lately. I really do. I hope that your heart, in your heart you said, man, I just do not like the way things are and the things that is being promoted in our, in our world. I hope that somehow or another that you haven't become so used to it uh, that you think it is normal today. See, there was something different about Noah than all the others that were on the face of the earth. I mean, God looked at everybody. I don't know how many exactly was the population at the time, but there was only one man, only one person that had a heart for God. And the Bible tells us that he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so God, instead of destroying everybody, he could have done that, and he could have started all over again. You know, you and I are time conscious. God's not time conscious. He can start over again. He, he can put something thousands of years into something and said, well, that didn't work. We're going to do something else. We're just going to change the deal. We're going to quit doing this and start doing that. And... and uh, uh, so God didn't, wasn't worried about uh, that he didn't have enough time because God doesn't live in time. But he saw this man 
that was living on the earth. And, and everybody else, the Bible says, uh, uh, that they, uh, uh, their heart was only evil continually. Everybody else. And this one man that decided in his self that he wanted to follow the things of God. See, the heart that the Bible is talking about is the seat of our emotions, our reasoning, our will, our desires, our hopes, our dreams. It's not talking about the thing that pumps blood. But it is the soul of mankind where all of these things reside. When you want to know where somebody's heart at is at, uh, you find out what is going on in their lives. What they feel is most important. What they really have a yearning to see happen or done in their lives. And so uh, the reason that, uh, that Noah had a heart for God is that he wanted to, amen, to walk with God when no one else was wanting to walk with God. I wonder how many of us in here today are able to really stand up against the pressures of society and say, I'm going to walk with God. If nobody else walks with God, I'm going to walk with God. It's not easy. I have found out through church history that, uh, that during our, the process of, of mankind's living that I've watched over the ages of things that have been recorded. And God usually lets something happen in our earth uh, that brings a, a wide uh, uh, swath of revival. You know why? Because he knows that if he doesn't get society back, to some semblance of serving God that he knows even those uh, that have a heart like Noah had uh, will give up because we can't take the pressure. We're, we don't want to be that weird person. That's what society looks upon those that love God. We don't want to be that individual. And so it is uh, that God uh, had a man. And so he says, you know what? I'm not going to destroy him uh, because he is sincere and he wants to walk uh, with me uh, no matter what's going on in our lives. Uh, we find out uh, that, uh, that Noah spent a hundred years building a boat. That he didn't really know was going to ever float. He didn't know it was going to float. He, they, at the point in time that Noah lived, uh, that there was only a mist that rose up from the earth. And, and the atmosphere was, was much uh, thicker than it is now. And so there was a lot of water between them and the sun. And they didn't need rain. It's all in the Bible. Just read it. It's found there. They didn't need rain. So there hadn't been any rain. And Noah didn't happen to live by the ocean. And so here he's building this ark, not knowing. And God said it was going to rain. What do you mean it's going to rain? It's never rained. 
But he had a heart for God, and he wanted uh, to serve God, and he wanted to do what is, was right before the Lord. And so he was somebody that continually served God all the days of his life. Genesis 4 and 4, it talks about it says this, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel in his offering. Now, the Bible doesn't give us any details uh, about God's instructions uh, about what he wanted for a sacrifice. Cain uh, was one that planted and, and had a garden. And so he brought those things to God. And God says, no, that's not what I want. But I will tell you, God in his mercy and God being fair, I promise you, somewhere along the line, Cain understood what God wanted. But God, but Cain did not have a heart for God, but Abel had a heart for God because he wanted to do what God wanted him to do. And we know in the end of the story that Cain got angry and killed Abel, his brother, because uh, he did not want to obey the things of God. Another person in the Bible, the Bible talks about in Genesis 5 and 22, and he says, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. All the generations, when you look in the Bible in the beginning in Genesis, God just says somebody was born, they had these kids, and they died. And all of a sudden, they get to this man Enoch, and God stops the story of telling the genealogies, and he says, but there was Enoch, and yes, he had Methuselah, but all of a sudden he says, but this man walked with me. Everybody else didn't get mentioned except their name and their kids. And all of a sudden somebody had a different story. You know, I said to you a little earlier about the, the atmosphere during this time. You know, uh, people lived a long time back in the, the days of Enoch. They lived a long time. Uh, uh, and uh, Enoch's father lived 962 years, and his son lived 969 years. But Enoch only lived 365 years. You know why? Because God took him. Because he had a heart for God. He wanted to walk after the Lord and follow the things that God intended for him to do. You know, I know the propaganda of the evil one. I know his, op, uh, his propaganda is uh, that God just wants you to follow a bunch of rules and, and do things that, that's no fun and, and just wants you to have a miserable life. Uh, but I promise you the opposite of what the devil says is, is true because he's a liar and he talks. Everything he says is a lie. 
And the thing that God really wants for mankind uh, is for you not to suffer all uh, of the tragedies uh, that happen in your life because of sin. What God really wants uh, is somebody to have a heart after him uh, that will follow him and have the good life uh, that every one of us want to have. That's what God wants. And that's why he wrote all this stuff in, the, in a book. It's so that we would have an understanding of what would give us that wonderful life. And see, see, the devil don't talk about eternity. No, the devil don't give you any picture about eternity except that uh, everybody sees a white light now. That's his picture. Everybody's going to go there. No, not everybody's going to go there. But he don't want to talk about what the Bible says about his eternity. I'm talking about the devil's eternity. But he wants us to think that this life is as good as it gets. But when somebody understands uh, that they have a, a need of God in their life and they have a heart after God, God will give them the life that they intended for him, that he intended for them to have. I think about my life. And I think about all of the trials and tribulations and, and the uh, temptations that have come my way. If you think I've never been tempted, it's because you don't understand the devil's philosophy. The devil's philosophy is take out the leader. Yep, that's his philosophy. Because if you can take the leader out, you're going to get a whole lot of other people that are going to fall because of it. And I think about how did I, how did I make it? How in the world did I even come to the life that I've enjoyed and, and had? How, how did that? And I don't know. I don't know where it. I don't know where it came from. But I, I remember as a young man having a heart for God. Had a heart for God. And, and I wanted the, the will of God in my life. And I wanted God to show me his way. And, and I wanted to follow after his way. Did it mean that I didn't have any other desires or any other feelings or other things that I wanted to happen in my life? No, that is what, that's not what it means. You know, I've said many times, many times over the years that that uh, the reason that at 20 years old when I didn't have a lick of sense that God gave me the wife that he gave me is because I had a desire for his heart. So now we're almost celebrities. We're working on our 53rd year. Yeah, that's a celebrity now. I didn't know what I was doing. 
I had no idea what I was doing. But I did have a heart for God. And so God's given me the family and my life and the blessings. You know, the world thinks we got to go after this and we, if we want something, we got to put all of our efforts into it. I'm telling you, God has blessed my life and it's because that I've had a heart for him and I'm going to give you the second secret. I've waited on him. I didn't try to make it happen. I waited for God to do what he wanted to do. And so he's brought me blessings. Yes, he's done wonderful things in my life. Things far beyond anything I could imagine. I'm not talking about myself because somehow I'm a special person. I'm not a special person. There are plenty of people in here that have a heart for God. And probably that's the reason they're here is they have a heart for God. They have a desire to do the will of God and what God really wants out of their lives. I've heard Sister April, our choir director, this morning say many times that she had, she just wanted more of God. And in college, God brought her to the understanding of being filled with the Holy Ghost, being baptized in Jesus' name. I pray all the time. I don't pray for everybody in this city. But who I do pray for is the people that have a heart for God. I pray for them. I say, God, help us to find them. Help us to get connected with them. People that really want to serve God, really want to do what is right. They, they, they have a desire. Even though they may be entangled in stuff that they feel like uh, that is going to destroy them, God will extract them out of all of that if they simply will let God work in their lives. It's a heart for God. In Exodus the 33rd chapter and the 13th verse, it says this. Now, therefore, I pray, and this is talking about Moses. If I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you this is talking about God. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. We see Moses talking to God. He says, Lord, I, I, I want to show me your way. I, I want to know your way. I, I want to uh, do what you want out of me. And the Lord said, because of that, I will go with you, and I will be with you. God in his love for mankind is looking for individuals that have a heart for God. I'm going to tell you what a heart for God means today. You know, I have made comments 
several times over from the pulpit and sometimes in just talking with my wife uh, that the church world has pretty much become a country club. It has, because what they're interested in is going somewhere on occasion when they don't have something else to do. A heart for God is a person that wants to be connected to the community of believers. You know, we don't just have church just to see you. That's part of it, but that's not all of it. We don't just have church because we just really don't have anything else to do on the weekends. We have church because it's a place of connection to the community of God. Now, all right, we've got teenagers. Well, you know what happens with teenagers. All of a sudden, they don't want to go with you every place you go. My first set did the same thing as my second set. I remember Aaron saying to me, oh, just bring me something back. <laughs> Didn't go out to eat with us. My present children are doing the same thing. But because as parents, we understand how valuable it is. There are days we say, nope, we ain't bringing you nothing back. You're going with us. We're going to sit down and talk. We're going to eat together. What happens to families that don't connect? They wander. They, they, they get estranged from each other. People that have a heart for God have to understand that it is not only about being served. not only about being served. You know why people wander from church to church to church? Because they're looking for somebody to serve them. They want somebody to do something for them. That's why they do it. Church is a place to be served, but it's also a place to serve. And a person that has a heart for God is going to find a place to serve. And they're going to find a place to serve where God wants them to serve. Not always necessarily where you want to serve. God takes in account your abilities. And... But you know what I found out about life is sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do so that you can eventually do the things you want to do. A few weeks ago, Elizabeth said to me, 
about this girl that was going to her school. She said, well, she's uh, praise sings, I don't know when, on Wednesday nights or one of their gatherings at their church. And uh, she said to Elizabeth, she said, uh, you know, you, you go to church all the time. She said, yeah, we go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you know, Friday night for the youth, and uh, Tuesday night on uh, uh, International Bible Study. Yeah, we go. She said, well, you know, she says, you know, that's, that's just for people that are serious about church. I will tell you, if you've got a heart for God, you're serious about church. Not only to be served, because you will be served, I promise you. Good things will happen. But to serve, to find a place. Now, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I, I don't think we do a very good job of giving people opportunity to serve. And, and we, do, we probably need to change that. We do need to change that. But I promise you, if you're a person that wants to serve, I, I guarantee you, we will find you a place to serve. The person that has a heart for God not only wants to be served, but they want to find a place to serve. All through the Bible, we see people that were serious about God. The last one I want to make mention of is found in the 10th chapter of Acts. And it says, the third verse, about the ninth hour of the day, which was three o'clock in the afternoon, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now, I don't know how many of you have heard the audible voice of God, but Cornelius did. I don't know if you've ever been told that your prayers and giving money has come up as a memorial before God, but Cornelius did. I don't know how many of you have ever seen an angel, but Cornelius did. See, he was a soldier, a Roman soldier. You know, some soldiers can be a rough person because of the viciousness of war and of killing. But in Cornelius' place, as a commander of a hundred men, we can clearly see that Cornelius' heart or his emotion or reasoning were after the things of God. Cornelius, in his heart for God, was the first Gentile 
to receive the Holy Ghost and be baptized in the name of Jesus. You know, the Bible doesn't really tell us about the rest of the Cornelius' life. But it doesn't have to give me the details because I know the rest of Cornelius' life. Because Cornelius was a man that had a heart for God. He wanted the things of God. He wanted to serve and be served. But you know what came first? The serving. That's what came first. Because he decided that he was going to do what he knew to do. And God sent an angel to him and sent him, the rest of the story is, he sent him to Peter to learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ and became a person that was written about in the word of God that we have thousands of years later because he decided that he had a heart for the things of God. And God changed his life. Changed his life. And I am a witness not only of myself, but those that are in this church, those that have been here many years, that God has changed the lives of those that have a heart for him. I've watched over and over again. That's one of the wonderful things about being somewhere a long time. For those of you who don't know, 39 years here. is watching God do marvelous things in the hearts and the lives of people that have a heart for him. God cares about you. And I believe today, because you're here, that there is some semblance of a heart for God. I don't know how big or small. Only God knows that right now. But if you want God, To do the things in your life that you really want. The good things that he has in store for you. Cultivate that heart for God. Get connected to the community of God. And be somewhere where you can serve and be served. Let's stand. I have tried to teach this church. I don't know how successful I've always been, but I've tried to teach this church to be a friendly church because I've heard horror stories of people walking in buildings and nobody ever says nothing to them. I've tried 
to teach us to be friendly. Now, I did have somebody tell me the other day that they decided not to come because we were too friendly. <laughs> Whatever excuse works. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you also that when you come into a church, some of the responsibility is on you. Not the majority, but some. The Bible says that he that has friends is friendly. And so if you're new to our church, I'm going to tell you the best way to get in our church is find a way to connect with the people that are here. If you hear about some serving opportunity or you hear about something new that's going on, be a part of it. Show up. Serve where you can. you'll find that your life will change because God intended for there to be a community. Even though the world thinks church is not important and even people that go to that are church people don't think it's important. It's important. The community of believers is important. God intended for it to be so. If you look first in the first of, of Acts uh, where the church started, they had things in common. They were together. They were helping one another. The community of the church is important. And God is always trying to bring people into the community of God. If you stay disconnected, you'll never reap the benefits that God has for your life. Because I will tell you that serving people is the most valuable thing that's ever happened in my life. You know, the Lord brought this to my mind, and I've told this story before, but I'm going to say it to a bunch of the new people that are here today. My father-in-law had a brother. They were both raised in the church. Mother and dad were in the ministry and my wife's grandparents. But the younger brother decided somewhere along the line that that wasn't really important. So he became a prominent lawyer in Lansing, Michigan. And I think he was in the legislature of uh, the state of Michigan. He pursued money and all this stuff. I guess that by the world standards, you say, well, he had a pretty good life. But I'm going to tell you what happened. When my father-in-law died and he died, there were two funerals. My father-in-law 
So many were coming that they had to go to the college's auditorium. I think, what, 2,500 people was in that building? Because somebody just said, I'm going to serve people. His brother hardly had anybody but family there. I'm going to tell you, the best life to live is serving others. You need to find a way to serve other people. I promise you, you'll have no problem having friends if you serve people. In fact, if you serve people, you're going to have to run from a few of them. I'm telling you, if you have a heart for God, God will bring the very best in your life. I'm going to open these altars for anyone today that feels touched by what God has said today. If you're a guest and you'd like to pray with us, we will pray with you. Because I know that God wants to move in your life if you'll just allow Him to do so. These altars are open today. Let's talk to God. Let's ask God to help us to have a heart for Him today.